0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we reflect on a huge weekend of Scottish Cup action. Todd Cantwell has signed for Rangers who will face Partick Thistle in the next round after beating St Johnston. Josip Miranovic leaves Celtic for the Bundesliga shortly after the Hoops beat Morton to set up a tie against St Mirren and Hamilton beating Ross County, perhaps the only shock of the weekend. But how will Aberdeen fare at Darvel tonight? I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me you have Mark Wilson and Roger Hanna. Well, Todd Cantwell is in at Rangers, the first signing of the Michael Beale era. Lauren Shanklin is in the record books, Hearts' first 20-goal striker in 30 years. Effie Ambrose is in a daze after that VAR handball decision at Celtic Park on Saturday and the Dons are in Darvel. For a nerve-shredding Scottish Cup tie tonight Anxiety and tension don't come bigger than that, Gordon Yeah, it was a good weekend, wasn't it? I mean, plenty of goals Not many shocks We were saying in Saturday That there's always a couple But just one But could be one tonight Like Roger says Aberdeen at Darville Big game for Jim Goodwin 01419511025 It is a jam-packed Monday night So please get in touch early And let us know what is on your mind Of course, on a Monday we look back on the weekend's action So that means Celtic fans You were first through What did you make of the performance? There was a certain moment of controversy When Effie Ambrose was penalised for handball What did you make of that one? What do you make of the draw at home to St Mirren? And then in the background of course It's the transfer window And Josip Juranovic is gone It was starting to develop into a bit of a saga It's over now And he has left the club What do you make of that elsewhere on the pitch this weekend As the guys say You're looking at maybe one of the only shocks was Hamilton uh, Borna Barisic scores the only goal for Rangers to progress Everyone thought Motherwell maybe Could be the victims of a shock that didn't happen Uh, So on the pitch, get your calls in And hot off the press Just in time for us coming on air You'd think we'd arranged it Rangers fans, come on down You've been banging on at us for a couple of weeks And when are we going to make our first signing? Tonight is the night It is Todd Cantwell He is a Rangers player What do you make of that signing? Let us know right now 0141 951 1025 We will go to Darville In the not too distant future as well Because (laughs) Cup romance doesn't get much better uh, Than West of Scotland Side Darville taking on the Might I should say That was might Roger Hanna I saw that look in your face (laughs) I don't care what the fans have been saying about Jim Goodwin recently Might I think that's Charlie the Aberdeen fan Might have not used the word might When he phoned last week after that 5-0 defeat At Tynecastle Um, Aberdeen should win the game for all, it's been a difficult spell for Jim Goodwin since the World Cup. They are still fifth in the Premiership. And you've got to get down through the Championship and League One and League Two and the Lowland League and the West Premier before you reach Darville. So this would be off the scale in terms of Scottish Cup upsets. Forget Clyde, forget Cali Thistle, forget Berwick Rangers, forget Stenhouse Muir and Tommy Steele beating Aberdeen all those years ago. This would be... The biggest upset in the history of the Scottish Cup Well we'll turn our attentions a bit later on So come on, in the meantime 01419511025 Your team's game this weekend Handball, VAR, Juranovic leaving Cantwell arriving Take your pick, get in touch right now What was your result of the weekend to set the scene Mark Wilson? 
Result of the weekend um, I'm going to go for my old pal's team John Rankin Hamilton Ackies against Ross County um, Hamilton have had a difficult season and I said that John needs help in terms of getting some experience in because they're relying on young players I thought that game was only going to go one way and they managed to hold out and then win in penalties result of the weekend Hamilton Ackies Yeah I think that's a, a, a decent choice Roger what would you go for? Uh, Hibs nil, Hearts 3 okay. Second 3-0 Edinburgh Derby mm-hmm. victory for Robbie Nielsen this year and would you believe first time Robbie Nielsen's ever won at Easter Road 35 attempts 18 as a player 17 as a manager he's waited a long <laughs> time for it You've got some knowledge by the way what do you mean? I'm to say the guy that you usually stand next to him here doesn't <laughs> well, have that same knowledge. Um, Come yeah, on. He's got knowledge about other things, but just not about football as much as Roger. Even, got amazing. Good, even had a good view for that main stand at Easter Road, sitting up with Joe Savage and Ann Budge. What about your goal of the weekend? Goal, well, it's at Easter Road. Now, take your pick out of the three of them, because the three of them were belters, but I'm actually going to go for the last one. 96 minute, Toby Sibbick runs the length of the pitch. I mean... I'd like to get a, a speedometer on him to see how quick he was going to make up that ground. And by the way, what a finish at the end of it. So, goal of the week goes to Toby Sibbett. There were great choices this weekend. There are, but without doubt. Thank you very much to Jordan Jones of Kilmarnock. A delicious volley at the back post. And it ah, this spared is a selfish me. one. Yes, it is. Ah, I, I make no apologies for this at all. It spared me extra time in Kilmarnock Dumbarton at the weekend. Bearing in mind... I had extra time in the last round and nearly missed a curry. I was desperate to get up the road. <laughs> Who's getting the honourable mentions? Lauren Shanklin, oh, David Turnbull, Barisic. By the way, yeah. what a finish from Barisic! That was Turnbull guided into the bottom corner. Shanklin's very good as well. Okay. You're right. Okay, uh, howler of the weekend. Well, I'm going to go for the VAR and poor old Effie Ambrose at Celtic Park. Mm. Um, it's just not a penalty. The only two people in the country who thought it was a penalty were Kevin Clancy. And the VAR operator, I'm afraid. Um, Celtic would still have won the game. They probably just have won 4-0 rather than 5-0. Or they might well have won 5-0 anyway. But it's a dreadful decision. And I don't blame the Celtic fans who will come on the show and say, well, these things happen because they've been in the wrong end of them. You think Matt O'Reilly, that ridiculous award against Ross County, the Michael Smith handball at Celtic didn't get at Tyne Castle in the season. There was a stonewall penalty. So... When they say these things even themselves out, maybe this was an evening out decision. I'm going to go for something that's rumbled on for several weeks now, but came to light on Saturday night. The St. Johnson board and their decision to sell three stands to Rangers. When you've got 350 home fans and 7,000 away fans, I think it's pretty easy to see that that's an absolute howler on your own doorstep and a lot of making up to do to get things right at McDermott Park. And finally then, who is the man of the weekend? Uh, Trevor Carson uh, poor, good shout. poor David Friel Wasn't spared extra time And wasn't spared penalties It's St Mirren versus Dundee at the weekend A nil-nil draw 120 minutes But he got his drama At the end Three Dundee penalties All saved by Trevor Carson What's his reward? They're away at Celtic In the next round Gordon Absolutely Shanklin for me No equals John Robertson's record 20 goals in a season And I heard Robbie Nielsen say The next stage is to maybe get to 30 Because he's still got a lot of games to go I think he could actually get there That's realistic So Warren Shanklin for me Right let's go then 01419511025 Ross is going to kick things off tonight Ross what's your point? Uh, hi Roger Mark and hi, Gordon Hello. Thank you um, I'm on tonight to talk about Obviously the VAR decision Me personally I'm a Celtic fan And I think it was ludicrous It's never a penalty in a million years And how Kevin Clancy And I think it was Craig Napier Came to that decision Is beyond me um, But I, I find it strange That in a Scottish Cup competition 
You can have VAR at three matches, but there's other matches in the same competition that don't have VAR, which I find ludicrous because at the end of the day, if that game was at Cattle, that penalty would never have been given. So I find it ludicrous that VAR can be introduced in three games in the same competition. Roger, I mean, it, it clearly it jars, obviously. Um, we, we debated that about the yeah, weekend. Help, help what is the, what, what's the solution? Because you're going to have... Do you, do you just turn it off altogether? I mean, that, that you can then see how problematic that I, would I be. Don't, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, you can see how problematic that is. And, and at the minute, when we're still in the very early days of VAR in Scotland, I think it's difficult to get an even playing field. Before VAR was properly introduced in October, Gordon, if you remember, as a... As a test, they were not doing the semi-finals and yes. final at Hamden in the last couple of years, so there was a fairness to that. And I can understand Ross's point, there's not a fairness of having it at three games and not having it at 13. Uh, for instance, tonight, Darville and Aberdeen doesn't mm-hmm. have it. But the decision itself, Ross, that you phoned about, nobody can understand it. I listened to you guys, I was in the car going down to Kilmarnock, listening to the show on Saturday, and you were trying to explain it. The first guy I bumped into at Rugby Park on Saturday was Chris Doolan, the old Thistle striker, who said to me, have you seen this? I said no I've not seen that And he, he's trying to put his arm up his own back And sort of show me what uh, happened to Effie And Chris was making the point As a former player And I'm sure you, you, you were in agreement In the show on Saturday Mark, What are players supposed to do? Yeah. And also You know yeah, Gordon you're very good with the rules You, you quote handball rules And you quote all the legislation I don't even think the penalty fits into the criteria of the yeah. current handball that, rule. That, that would so, be the problem. That 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 was the thing because I've, I've said this before. The great thing about here is I don't even ever need to care about whether I think something's a penalty or not. I'll leave it to you guys, and I just try and think of: Can I understand why it was given? I don't need to agree, yeah. but can I understand it? And this one's it's, it's just got me, Mark. It's yeah. because. Um, it's their yes interpretation fine we can all you can always hide behind that but did he really make his body bigger no or his hands in an unnatural position how could you say yes there's then even a line about mitigation if it deflects off of a teammate which it does it's not heading towards the goal i don't i can't yeah, well I, that's I, what i always try i just i can't i can't even second guess the bit that, that would Suggest this one was a penalty That's what makes it concerning Gordon Because I think we can all agree on that And and Roger's right You've read out the rules And For two or top officials To think that that's a a penalty Then We're in a very strange place We're always told Look give referees The benefit of the doubt Because it's a hard job And They don't often Get a a second look at it Before VR come in That was Now If they Are having a second look at it Um and they're still getting it wrong, then we've got a problem that's that's bigger than VAR and everybody saying it's not good for Scottish football. I know this is a very loose sort of reason, but it falls perfectly into the bracket, doesn't it, of if they don't give it, we're not getting any complaints tonight. Nobody would care. No chance. If, if that wasn't given, nobody would care. Not a chance. Um, because I think everybody can, everybody understands the rules to a certain extent. Yes, there are grey areas that we have to, you have to dig out the rule book for. But I think situations like Saturday, even Celtic mm. fans there would go, listen, there's no way that's a penalty. But I'll go back to it. If our top officials, some of our top yeah. officials think that is and give it, we've got an issue there. What's the solution, Ross, as, as Roger was sort of speculating? Any, I guess, across, the, across Europe, there's going to be. Big cup competitions where the smaller teams don't don't have VAR, they can't have the the facilities at the smaller grounds. Would you just turn it off altogether for every 
game? Yeah, I think obviously in that aspect, if if all teams in that competition can't fulfil VAR, then I think there needs to be a, an, an arrangement where VAR only comes in in the semi-final and finals of the Scottish Cup and League Cup. Um, I think, for example, if that handball was to happen tonight at Darvo, but if he did, doesn't give that, so then effectively we're getting our decision because we've got the advantage of having VAR. So I think it, it's not fair in the smaller clubs that we've got the, the VAR at Celtic Park, but, for example, Darvo don't have it tonight. So I think it's ludicrous where you can have a competition where certain teams have an advantage in the same competition. So I think in this case, the VAR should be excluded. Until you reach Hamden Having said that though Ross says it's ludicrous And I genuinely don't know it. This must happen in other big cups Does it not? It's FA yeah. Cup yeah. The same yeah. this year So you I can just see it now Where we make an active choice To leave it out until the semi-finals And then folk are phoning What sort of Mickey Mouse country are we? We could be having VAR at some of these games And we're choosing not to It's pretty tough isn't it? It is tough, but I think you, I think it's easily controllable though. When you've got semi-finals taking place at the national stadium, where the infrastructure is probably there to do it, then I think that is fair. And I'm not just talking about us. I'm I'm talking about England as well for the FA Cup. If the the semi-finals are at Wembley, um, you put that into play at the start of the competition. I, I I couldn't agree more with us. I don't think it's fair across the board that you could go to a ground tonight like Aberdeen are. And it's not there, but, but Celtic Park well, there well, is. You know, my own example at the weekend that I discussed it, Kilmarnock Dumbarton. So there is all the equipment, all the technology yeah. in place at Rugby Park to have it. The problem is cost. Yeah, clubs and don't want to pay for it. Dum- so. You know, Dumbarton and Kilmarnock didn't want to pay. Dumbarton working in a shoestring budget. Absolutely. In League Two. And again, does one, that... One game... That sounds that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Close Make does. them pay for it. Yeah, and, and there was never any incident in the game... Worthy of a VAR check So I mean Dumbarton kind of shelled out mm. money for Sorry, VAR So what happens there Roger So Dumbarton and Kilmarnock Have to pay for that Yeah, yeah you split the cost yeah, you, uh, The two years have to be An agreement have to be an agreement Yeah And you Oddly enough with Morton I think Morton were the only team In yes, the SPFL Who voted, voted against, against it, yeah. VAR But uh, If Celtic Morton Had been three o'clock In the afternoon And had not been on television On Saturday Hadn't been selected Then Morton could have said No we're not paying for half of yeah. this but the clubs were told because it was a TV game, they had to have that. It's clearly a, it's clearly a, it's kind of like an anomaly or whatever, and it doesn't it doesn't look great. I, I'm not sure if it's is it as black and white as being fair and unfair because we've just spent the last ten minutes talking about how VAR got that decision wrong anyway. Mm. You know, all it all it does is give you, as, as we found out in the last few months, it's not like it, it, it's not. It's not the silver bullet that fixes everything. All it is is a second look at the same incident and then your interpretation of it still comes into play anyway for a yeah. lot of them. Granted, offsides would be different. Um, like we said, is it... Is it I think, I think Ross place? is... Yeah, I, well, Ross is right in terms of... I wouldn't have been given that penalty. You know, Morton that, could that's argue... I mean, that's one. That's, that's, yeah. that's on that specific um, incident. Uh, look, I just think at the start of any competition, the rules should be the same. To get to the the end, whoever lifts the trophy, so our, our Scottish Premiership VR was introduced. But it wouldn't be that if you introduced it at the semis. The rules are then not the same throughout the competition. Yeah, maybe you're right. There. I'm getting the argument. <laughs> is, it, to that. is it just me? Or I'm, I'm, I'm less Sometimes troubled. Sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say, I'm, yeah, I'm, you're right I'm less there. troubled by the fact that there's VAR in some games and not VAR in other games yeah, I must have than, than I am about the decision yes, that was taken that, with the aid of VAR yeah. on Saturday. Uh, thank you to Ross It's 01419511025 Gary's in Blantyre How's it going Gary? 
Yeah, good Gordon. Yeah, good evening, Roger and Mark. Hello, hey, Gary. Um, yeah, it's just a bit, I heard Roger saying at the start of the show about Celtic fans will be saying, well, we have drew one um, for VAR. But I, I guarantee you, um, there'll be the majority, the vast majority of Celtic fans did not want that penalty on Saturday, and it was never a penalty anyway in the first place, like we've said. But um, no, we didn't want that. We don't want decisions. We want correct decisions consistently. That's what we want. Yeah, and it blew a couple of things out the water, Roger. There was this theory, and I've, I've spoke to some people who were you know, utterly convinced that since the World Cup, there had been some secret SFA guidance to to be a bit more lenient when it came to handball. People were convinced, look at what was getting given before the World Cup. Now, look, clearly they're, they're viewing them differently. I think we can put that theory in the bin after the weekend because it was arguably the harshest of the lot. Oh yeah, it was terrible. I was only kidding earlier on. You know, Celtic fans will be as astonished as anyone that the decision was given against Effie at the weekend. Um, you know, Aaron Moy took the penalty away with a plum. I think we can say. I think he will now be on the, on the penalties for Celtic for He's had a, couple, a, a period of time mm. to come. But no, it, listen, it was a really, really poor decision. And you know, I heard you guys. You, you could hear. As, as it was unfolding, you know, the three or four minute delay, as I say, I was going down the 77, Daz directed me down the road, Mark. I was going down the 77 on Saturday, listening to you guys. And you can just hear the, the rising level of astonishment in your voices as A, oh, hold on a second, there's a penalty check here. What, what's it for? No, 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 it's surely not for that. Oh, oh, he's going over to the screen. Oh, my goodness, he's given it. And it was just, you know, there was yeah. just amazement mm. for you guys watching that. The referees have got to be stronger on the pitch, though. You know, having a look, being called to have a look and having a look, we have to we have to separate that, that more often not is given. Referees have got to be stronger and say, no, I stand by my decision, or I stand by what I'm actually looking at. Mm. Okay, you're fine to call me across because, yes, it did hit the hand, but I'm going to take the decision in my own hands. And that just isn't happening at the minute. Gary, on another day, on this Monday night, we're getting loads of calls because Josip Juranovic has been sold, but this handball VAR thing is, <laughs> seems to be uh, taking over. I know as a Celtic fan you'll have some thoughts, surely, on that departure. Yeah, I spoke to the producer when um, I phoned up. Um, I think we've done a great bit of business here. Brought him in for a few million, sold him for lucky 10, potentially. And we've also got a guy in there now, Arthur Johnson, as well as Ralston. So I think Johnson potentially could be better than Juranovic early days yet but he started off really well so I think it's been a great business all round Mark, it's, been, yeah. it's been rumbling on Mark it's confirmed now well much like Gary you, you buy a player for two and a half million pounds you sell him for 10, 18 months later it's good business um, did you as, expect a bigger fee though? I mean, yes I did. it can still be good well off the back of a World not Cup not as good as you thought off the back of that World Cup and how he performed I thought yeah, the, the fee will be driven up and the club will be driven up um, he's playing a good league but I just thought he might have went to a, a, a wee bit higher Alistair Johnson might be better well I'll reserve judgement on that for now I believe Juranovic was a class act very very good one of the better, better full backs I've seen at Celtic in a long long time uh, and I think he will be missed even though there's two good full backs there I still think he was the pick of the bunch when it came to it and it's up to the other two to fill his place now it makes a difference doesn't it when, when you get the replacement in first it softens the blow in the eyes of the supporters of Juranovic going. You know, you've seen in the past big money departure from any club, and there's a, a, a ringing of hands from the fans. Oh, this is terrible. What are we going to do? Who are we going to get in? But Ange yeah. Postecoglou has, has done the business already. Alistair Johnson's in the building. He's made a solid enough start to his 
his Celtic career and as and when Georges Giacomakis leaves the building which might not be too many days away I think Celtic will already have the replacement in the building and that will soften the blow of his exit too Mark's not totally sold that Alistair Johnson can be as good Gary what makes you a bit more convinced? I just think um, essentially the all round um, he really likes a tackle obviously Canadian so he's maybe grew up playing hockey so he likes a tackle likes a bit of contact Um Looks very good going forward. He seems to have said Andrew's philosophy. Uh, yeah, I just think there's real promise there. Again, I'm not saying he's as good as Juranovic yet, but there's a lot of potential. And again, great bit of business all round. I think you would admit, Mark, in fairness, we have, you have to wait and see. Give, yeah. Al- give, give Alistair Johnson that. But I suppose it was more of a compliment to, to Juranovic. Yeah. Um, but with Alistair Johnson, by the way, he started brilliantly. And he looks athletic. And Gary's right. He likes a tackle. He looks uh, quite aggressive, but uses the ball well. So he ticks a lot of boxes. But for what Juranovic actually achieved in 18 months at Celtic... Um, some of the moments we saw, even his penalty kicks and how cute he was with them. When he dinked one off the bar in Europe. Well, I mean, you need to be a top-class player. Sort of st- sat up and thought, oh, OK. Exactly. Aye. Aye. This, this guy's a bit of a player. Um, and he brought a lot to that Celtic team in a year that they needed. Omanj Postacoglu touched on that at the weekend. Uh, what he done in that year was so important. Um, but Johnson's in. He looks good. Can he keep it going? Can he progress that into the European games? Time will tell. Thank you, Gary. 01419511025. We're up and running with talk of penalties, handballs, VAR, Juranovic being sold, so keep them coming if you so wish. Rangers fans, what about Todd Cantwell? Come on, we've been speculating about it for a couple of weeks. It's actually done. It is confirmed. He's held the scarf above his head, so get in touch. Let us know what you make of your team's first piece of January business are you happy with it are you not are you somewhere in the middle let us know right now and we'll try and get you on next you are the voice of Scottish football call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna is here Mark Wilson's here it's a massive night of Scottish Cup action tonight Darvel taking on Aberdeen talk about romance of the cup We've got a huge weekend of cup action to look back on. We've got Celtic selling Juranovic over the weekend and Todd Cantwell has signed for Rangers this afternoon as well. It could barely be busier. That's the way we like it. So come on, 01419511025. Rangers did this afternoon confirm it. Michael Beale's first signing, Todd Cantwell. It's been the worst kept secret in Scottish football. The club say he's signed a long-term deal, whatever that may mean. Uh, The 24-year-old will come in um, and push for a place in Michael Beale's team And uh, of course uh, he's a product of Norwich City's youth system He did play, he played in, in the English Premier League He played in the Championship And, and sort of fell away a bit I guess you would say After a, a very promising start to his career as a youngster Let's get Scott in Milton's thoughts on it Is that a signing that excites you Scott? Hi guys, uh, no, it's a signing that very excites me a lot but what I was wondering is, um, what, cause I remember watching him for Norwich and, and he stood out in the midfield. He was he was excellent and I'm sure he was uh, linked with Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur for big money. But I was just I was just wondering, do you guys know, is he injury prone or what, why, why did he, if he was, no, he was brilliant doing it, I remember him watching him on match of the day, he was excellent. And I just wonder, see with Aaron Ramsey that signing and all that, I wonder, is he, is he injury prone or whatever, you know? Roger? No, I don't think he's injury prone. I think Scott was just one of these guys who, Sort of came blazing onto the scene, if you like. If you remember the first season, Norwich get promoted to the English Premier League. I know they're a bit of a yo yo club, but it was the season Timo Pukki started scoring all the goals, and we took notice because. 
Timo Pukki had been a flop at Celtic and he suddenly went to Norwich and scored all of these goals that took Norwich into the English Premier League and Cantwell had a lot of assists that season and really did shine and he went into the Premier League and they sort of picked up where they left off for a, for a short period of time and then he just sort of, I don't know why you know, a lot of these guys just sort of stumble a wee bit in their career and at that stage, I think James Madison was shining for Norwich at that stage before he went to Leicester and Cantwell sort of fell away and he had a wee loan spell, I think it was at Bournemouth and that didn't really kick him on either so, you know, you've seen it before sometimes a little change of scene, a change of club Fresh start. He is only, I think, twenty-four. You know, he's not as if it's not as if he's an old player, Scott. So you've seen it before. Players coming up to Scotland when they've had a little difficulty down south, and that's just what they need to kick on again. And I think that's what Michael Beale will be hoping he gets out of Todd Cantwell. And it's interesting. It's not a loan deal. Doesn't want loan deals, Michael Beale. He believes in the players that he's signing. He believes they're going to bring something to the football club in the long term as well as the short term. And you know, seeing a, a vote of faith like that in the player, that, that may help Cant- Cantwell and inspire him as well. And see, the thing with Michael Beale, he he's a development coach as well, so that's that's a, that's a good thing if he's a youngster as well. You know what I mean? That's clearly the thought process, Mark. You don't look. We need to be aware, I guess, the Todd Cantwell who is at the top of his game in the English Premier League and getting linked with those moves. Doesn't come up here. I hate to say it, but it's just it's just the way it is. So Michael Beale clearly backs himself, as all managers do, to be the one that that can bring that out in him. Um, there'll, there'll be a bit of everything in there. I mean, social media tells you you can you, can, you know you can talk about rumours behind the scenes, and if he fell out with this guy or conducted himself this way with this, that's what always happens when a a player goes on this sort of decline. It'll probably be a bit of everything. Lack yeah. of form from his part. Not fitting with certain managers, no. and you know yeah. it'll be, it'll something be wrong in there. From to go from where he was, and I remember Roger, you know, described it perfectly there. Watching him break on the scene, easy on the eye, a player that you would enjoy going to watch. Even some of the goals he scored were pretty eye catching. So something's went wrong along the lines. Um, and Beal, as we know, is, is a coach who likes to, you know. Speak to players in great detail And try and turn their careers round It's been successful sometimes um, I, I thought Rangers needed players To go right into the team Just now You know to make a difference right now From now to the end of the season To give them that spark That lift Is Cantwell there He's not played since November So He might have a wee bit of catching up to do But I think the Rangers fans will be happy That they've got At least one Across the line so far Because It's been a long month for them you know, a lot of games in there. Squad just need refreshed a bit. Maybe the best haircut at Rangers since Daz had the feather cut in the eighties. <laughs> it's quite a bummer. It is. It is. I can just see the the merchandise people at Rangers knocking up the wigs. Aye, aye. Surely not. Um, or remember g- Gaza when they all got the blonde the hair. Uh, it might be like that. Rangers fans start growing your hair let's, just now. Let's get uh, Willie and Cumlock to give us his thoughts. Same question to you, Willie. Is it a signing that excites you? Ah, well, I'll be honest with you, how you doing? Uh, and having you here, by the way, I know it's a bit late. I've not been on for a long time. But, uh, I, as I say, I didn't know anything about the boy. But I've had a look at him on YouTube and, you know, a fully different things. And the boy's a player. He definitely is a player. Uh, whether or no he's going to lost his way a wee bit. Norwich isn't exactly the, the top of the tree, you know, when it comes to teams, football and results and stuff like that. But, aye, fair play to him. And, I mean, Michael Beale, if anything, he knows a player. And every decision that Michael Beale's made up to now has been the right one. 
Uh, as I say, the only thing that we done wrong was we didn't beat Celtic. If 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 uh, if uh, Ryan Jack had a bit of savvy about him at all, and a bit of awareness, if he kicks the ball, uh, you know, out to to Rose Ed or out for a corner, Kergo's no scoring that goal. But that's football. You know what I mean? It, it was just been bounced a bit with skittles. But uh, it's good to see. But what I was really wanting to see is this: the boy that they're talking about. I don't know if it's just strong rumours or whatever. But this boy Whitaker, he's the player we need because he's a right winger, and we've not had a decent right winger for about maybe I don't know eight or nine seasons since we've been right down the leagues, and it seems to have been one of the most difficult uh, positions. That we've not been able mm-hmm. to follow. I mean, Scott Wright's done a job when he's come on. He's a great impact player. A lot of folk decry Scott Wright. You know, he's no Rangers class, blah, blah, blah. But he can run with the ball at his feet. And he's no fair to run right, right towards the defender. And as Mark will tell you, if you've got a guy that can play football, running towards you with the ball at his feet, like a Barry Mackay or whatever, you can't afford to make a mistake. Because the next thing, the ball's by you. And the game, you know, the ball's in the net. And this might just sum up perfectly where Rangers fans are at. Because it's, yep, yeah, happy with Todd Cantwell. But by the way, we need this as well. You know, is, is this the first piece of the, the jigsaw? Yeah, and, and listen, some will say Morgan Whittaker, others will say Nicholas Raskin, if they feel they need you know, a, a more defensive midfielder in there as well. I, I said in the show, and I think it was Friday night, Gordon, and the three names were bouncing about. I think if, if Michael Beale can get Whittaker and Raskin over the line, as well as Cantwell, who's been announced tonight, then he'll probably be happy enough with his January business. Uh, I think those are the areas... Where Rangers probably need to bolster. Well, he's right. They haven't had anybody in that sort of wide right role. Fashion Sakala has done okay under Michael Beale in the last month or six weeks in that role. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where Cantwell plays, whether he plays in one or whether he could be the guy who plays out there on the right because he has a reasonably you know flexible can play all across that front line. I think Whitaker can as well. So I noticed. I think you said in the show on Saturday, despite all the chat. He was nowhere near the Swansea no. squad on Saturday. They've brought him back from Plymouth to sell him, and I would probably expect they would sell him to Rangers. Managers always say this, Mark. I don't, you know, I don't want squad fillers. I want people who are going to come in and and, and start games. I forgive the the easy comparison, but if you do look across the other side of the city, though, that those lines are becoming more blurred because right now, Fashion Sakala is doing absolutely fine, but you just need you need that. Someone else that's going to come on in the 60th minute and, and do the exact same job or start the game and allow Saka, you know, Matondo hasn't worked yeah. and, and, and various others as well. He said, Will that be the next I, position yeah, Rangers go to? I think so. I think it stands out. He stood out for a couple of years and Rangers have tried so many players in that position. Um, even when Hadji's fit, he kind of plays off that side but comes in. And uh, while he's right, for a number of years back to maybe down the league Candace remember yeah. you know and the amount of assists that he got in the relationship with Tavernier that was working well and then he left and they never really filled it but Whitaker, I think they need someone that can play both sides to actually push Ryan Kent as well Rangers and Beal rely heavily on Kent and he's been better in recent weeks than he has been but they've nobody else Matondo's certainly not going to come in and challenge him so if they get Whitaker who can play off both sides then it's going to help the team. It's and going to push others no, on. No sign of Tom Lawrence coming back either. He seems to have a this yeah. back as well, where, as mentioned last week. How slash where does Todd Cantwell fit in then? And what do you make of Mark's theory or, or question over how quickly he comes in? I think it was mid-November last, I think it was the 17th round about then, the last game he yeah, played. I, I, I noticed Michael Beale speaking on Saturday night just about the fatigue in the side because of the volume of games they had played since since he arrived just before Christmas there. Um, 
I've got news for him. It's not going to get any easier anytime soon. You know, there's Rangers through to another cup tie against Thistle. They've got the League Cup final against Celtic. They've got quite a heavy schedule of league games. St. Johnson at Ibrox, I think. Then Hearts at Tynecastle. You don't fancy going there just now, do you? Mm. Ross County at Ibrox a week on Saturday. So they're coming thick and fast. So I don't really care whether Todd Cantwell played in December, November or a year past the 12th April. of November to be he's going to He's going to need to get up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah, thank you very much to Willie uh, 01419511025 Keep the calls coming, we'll get you on next 01419511025 This is Scottish Football's League Leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson and Roger Hanna are here It's 01419511025 And we are exactly one hour Away from kickoff between Darville and Aberdeen. If we were talking about so-called romance of the cup, there was a few that jumped out at the weekend. Elgin Drum Chapel, it was off. Dundee United, Stirling University, the students going to Tanadice, losing out, and certainly Darville Aberdeen. The gap between the sides is absolutely massive. But will that translate on the pitch tonight? We're going to go there in the not too distant future. In the meantime, let's stay on the transfer path with Neil. In Cumbernauld, you happy with Todd Cantwell, Neil? Yeah, I am. Yes, um, Roger kind of uh, pointed on it. I've actually watched Cantwell for years. I remember Tottenham were in for him at one stage. We we're looking at him for like thirty million. So the guy, the guy's a talented player. Um, easy on eye, control of the ball, dribbling. He's very good that way. Um, in terms of assessing shots, it was obviously at the lower ends of the, the Premiership, so it was harder for him. Um, but in terms of being able to rejuvenate his career and get back to the player that he was, I think Rangers is the, the perfect club for him. Uh, so I've not got any issues with, with Campbell coming. I think it's quite exciting. But with the last caller saying Rangers are, are crying out for somebody on the right, well, now... We're kind of overloaded in that position because, as Roger stated, I think Campbell's going to play there um, with Kent to, to the left because uh, in a narrow formation behind the striker. Um, and that leaves, you've got Cantwell, you've got Hadji now doing extensive training coming back, uh, you've got Sakara, you've got potentially Whitaker, Roof if he's ever off the injury table. That's six players that can play that position. So my point is, I think Rangers need to start looking at getting players out as the wage bill's gone up to thirty million this year. So we need to start looking at what's coming in and then in those positions if they're overloaded, is to get players out because we've got looking at potential Raskin. Okay, we need to look at getting Kamara out the, out the door then as well because we're going to be overloaded in midfield still. Yeah, I guess um, in, in some regards, although the midfield area is very f- uncertain, Mark, I think Michael Beals pointed that out. You know, Ryan Jack, Scott Arfield, guys that are coming towards the end of their, their contract. James Sands is on loan, Malik Tillman's on loan. So there's there's an uncertainty but, there. Th- this is a new thing. Supporters coming on to the show saying, oh, we, we need to offload players. There was a Celtic supporter on the Phoned in on Friday night and said the same thing after the arrival of Iwata and when there's other players. And in the past, fans would just say, Get players in, need as many players as we can. Yeah. And, and I think mm-hmm. most fans will just be happy that there are players coming in at Rangers. Um, the squad, 
was in need, no, because of the injuries mainly, it, it's been in need of renovation, if you like. And I don't think Cantwell will be the last one coming in this month. He, Charlie McCann, he left for Forest Green, I think, at the weekend. And there will be guys will, will go in the summer. You know, there's contracts up, uh, Alan McGregor possibly retire in the summer. There will be players going. I don't necessarily think there's, there's a huge burden of responsibility to, to offload players just now. I think the majority of fans will be happy Cantwell is in the building. Interestingly, taking the number 13 jersey. Not many players take really? that. Yeah. I'm lucky for some and all that. Obviously not uh, interested in that side of things. Mark, it just depends though, because Neil's got a prediction that he plays on the sort of right side of that front three. I think many others would maybe feel he plays more of a part of the, the, the midfield three, if you yeah. like, maybe the furthest forward of that midfield three. I think so. I don't think he'll play off the right, uh, in my opinion. I think Beal... With Cantwell coming in and one or two others that he's mentioning may change things. You know, Rangers went at the weekend with Lundstrom and Jack sitting there with Tillman in front. It might just be that he gets one sitting in front with two more advancing. Cantwell being that one. Um, Tillman goes Tillman, off the right. Tillman could be the other one. So I think he'll be much more involved in a central area where I think you would get the best out of him. You know, creativity, Roger's already touched on the assist. If you look at some of his goals he's scored, you know, through outside the box, I think, again, that would feed into it. And I think if Morgan Whitaker comes in, that's the kind of player that Beale would go for from a wide area. So it'll be interesting. I mean, Raskin as well coming in, he might be your, your one that fills the hole. But uh, things are, I think, starting to move in the direction that Rangers fans have wanted since the 1st of January. And Beale, giving his credit, he's he's been pretty open about things and the way he speaks about transfers. And you have to be careful sometimes because sometimes you can get egg in your face if they don't come off. But the first one, Cantwell, is in the building. He spoke about him. He, he's there. And with Roger, I think Whitaker, who he spoke about as well, will follow. And, you know, one or two others may just come in the door at Ibrox before the window shuts. Mm. Um, I mean, Neil, do you, although you're talking about players going out, do you anticipate this being the the first of a few in? What what, what else are you expecting in the coming days? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, like, like I said, I'm, I'm happy the squad's getting re-energised. Uh, absolutely. But we're all just saying people are talking about outgoings now it's because fans are more aware now with the finances they're getting flung about and the, the business aspect that for clubs to survive now especially up in Scotland it's, it's a necessity that needs to happen so I'm quite happy that the, the signings are coming in and rejuvenating the squad uh, but I'm also well aware of that there's a lot of wages getting expended on for the, the likes of Kemal Roof, whose input over the last 18 months has been very little. Um, Kemara's form has dipped since the summer, since he never got his move. It's money that we're wasting. It's, it's, it's going out the door. And the likes of Charlie McCann, who's had to go to Forest Green, um, it doesn't seem to be there's a pathway there in, anymore. We, we've got uh, Divine coming through who looks like a, a great player we don't want to stifle him Lowry was looking like a great player before his, his injury you don't want to stifle those guys as well we've got to continue having a, having a pathway for the, the youngsters otherwise uh, the, the training centre just it's not it's not working but bringing in looking at Raskin who's 21 years old 
and from what I've seen, he looks like a quality player, and that's what I'm happy with. Is just is to to keep the numbers even and keep it balanced. I think there is still scope, though, Neil. At, you know, at the club. look at the guys who who are out of contract in the summer. You know, Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent are obviously the two headline ones. Ryan Jack's out of contract in the summer. Phil Hollander's out of contract. Alan McGregor. Malik Tillman and James Sands are still only in loan deals until the summer. There's no certainty about their future. You've seen Charlie McCann go. Others may go as well. So I, I know the point you make about, about balancing the budget, but I think the board I think the board will be quite comfortable where they are because you know they do have wiggle room in terms of bringing players yeah. in and, and, and getting rid of players. Maybe not in this window, but certainly in the summer. It's also the, it's the start of the next piece of criteria. To, to judge Michael Bielmark Firstly can he get results Well yes he's won every game apart from one Which he drew so he's un, he's undefeated so far Can he get his own style And performance levels across That's the bit that he would probably admit As much as anything that is, is the work in progress You know it's been sort of narrow wins Or maybe not quite as fluid as he would like And until Right now until today You can't judge his recruitment Isn't brought anyone in But we know on this show More than any yeah. What a what a hot topic that is For fans to judge management And we know that the structure now Of clubs And there's always accusations About who signs players And who identifies them But it will always still come back Today's the start of Michael B's yeah. It's a big re- moment Recruitment And let everyone judge away Well managers do carry the can You know if they're Good signings, um, then the managers get the credit. You only have to look over the city. Hans Postacoglu came in, few his first signings were really effective and the Celtic fans took to them right away. It'll be no different with, with Michael Beale. And he's standing on his own two feet now. So it's not Michael Beale, the coach at Rangers, it's Michael Beale, <laughs> the manager, the guy that signs players, the guy that recruits them and points them out to the people upstairs. And I get that there's others at the club who, who take on that role. Fans are pretty narrow-minded when it comes to things like this, um, so it's a big job, a big task he's got, and he'll be judged right away. There won't be any. Oh, we'll see how they are in six months. Some fans will. Some fans say, "Oh, they'll need time to settle in." But we know modern football, you get very little time as a manager and players to win the fans over. So can't we all be no different? You might get some grace coming in because he's not played since November, but when it comes to February, you know, and going into March, Rangers fans. Will make their mind up about them pretty quick Same with Whitaker Same with Raskin if he comes in So they need to get it right and right away Because we arrive, Roger, on the back of a game at the weekend After which the reaction from the Rangers fans Has been pretty much the exact same as every other game Good, that's good Glad we won it Michael Beale's shown he can win football games This squad needs a bit of help That's all, that's all I keep seeing on Social media after pretty much every Rangers game under Michael Beale. Well, yeah, and Michael Beale would agree with you. I think I don't think he's hidden away from that since he's been in the club. You know, Matt touched on the Michael Beale style. It's not so much style; it's more substance that, that I've spotted in this Rangers team under Michael Beale. They have come back and won games. I don't think they would have won under Giovanni Van Bronckers. You know, Aberdeen up the road at Petardry been won. Um, you think you know they, they fell behind twice against Hibs, but still won the game at Ibrox. Fallen behind two or three times The semi-final against Aberdeen They came back to win as well When Kemar Roof scored The winner and added time So there seemed to be more Resilience about them There seems to be more of a Sort of mental toughness About them Which should encourage Rangers supporters I think And I think They'll now want The style to come When the Cantwells Of this world Are added to the squad Uh, Thank you very much to Neil It's that time of the night already 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Come on then, beat the pundit time, the start of a new week. Do you have what it takes to beat Roger Hanna or Mark Wilson? Let's find out. Give us a call on 01419511025 before 7 and it could be you who plays beat the pundit next. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Play one super scoreboard. Mark Wilson and Roger Hanna are here It's 01419511025 To get involved You can tweet your kindest, warmest regards To at Clyde SSB And we've still got a lot to get through We've got big games to look back on From the weekend Any Hearts fans out there Want to come on and do a bit of bragging That's absolutely fine And we are going to go to Darvel Somewhere we've never been on the show We will go to Darvel next uh, To build up to that game against Aberdeen But first with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Come on then, the first beat the pundit of a new week I like this because I go into every It's almost like you know a new football season it's Real optimism every Monday I hope That somehow we can get a clean sweep For the listeners uh, across the five days Sean and Milton's going to kick us off How's it going Sean? Aye, not bad, how's yourself? Not bad, it says you're a Rangers fan Sean Are you happy with the signing of Todd Cantwell? Um, I think it'll be good uh, I've seen a couple of years ago That Villa Were wanting him to replace Jack Grealish So that shows you the quality I had a couple of years ago So If Bill can get the best out of him I think it'll be a cracking signing Well just imagine A new signing And a signed Beat the pundit ball In the one day at Christmas come early Very early for Sean If that's the case Heads it will be Mark Wilson Tails Roger Hanna Minus one And it is It's tails So Roger But you do start uh, on I'm going to enjoy this one. Watching the master been on together We have aye. Oh, yeah. aye. Aye, aye, we have. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy seeing Roger in action Brings a bit okay. of brain to the operation yeah. <laughs> I beat the pundit action Well he's been off remember He's, he's not played since oh, mid-December Rusty yeah, We'll see We'll see well, what happens What was Todd Canwell November 12th? Never you mind uh, Right <laughs> I'm going to give Roger some Clyde 2 <laughs> To listen to Sean Just so that he can't hear us I'll turn up nice and loud uh, and we'll get your clock ready It's 30 seconds Sean Just answer as many as you can And if you want to pass And move on to the next one That is fine by me okay Okay Let's go then 30 seconds time starts now Who opened the scoring for Celtic On Saturday against Morton Eh Abada Leo Abada Name the only other Scottish side That George Alberts played for In 2008 Clyde How many Portuguese players Have played in the Scottish top flight This season which Edinburgh side was Ryan Porteous loaned to back in 2016-17? Livingston. Which country does Jason Cummings currently play his club football in? Australia. Which current Scottish Championship club did Malky Mackay start his playing career with? Uh, uh, pass. I think they're tough, you know, Sean. I think they're tough. Let's bring back Roger. Can you hear us, Roger? Yes, I can. Nice bit of Kate Bush and Clyde too. Oh, okay. Whatever floats your boat. You ready? Yep. Who opened the scoring for Celtic against Morton on Saturday? Aaron Moy. Name the only other Scottish side that George Alberts played for in 2008. Clyde. How many Portuguese players have played in the Scottish top flight this season? Three. Which Edinburgh side was Ryan Porteous loaned to during the 16 17 season? Edinburgh City. Which country does Jason Cummings currently play his club football in? Australia. Which current Scottish Championship club did Malky Mackay start his playing career with? Queen's Park. Name the last Scotsman to permanently manage in the English Premier League before Davy Moyes. Oh, what <laughs> tough, a f- oh tough, my tough, goodness. Tough. I'm going to say Alec Neil. Honestly. Sad that the 
they've, they've, they've got it in for you lot at the moment Some of the questions Under time constraints That's yeah. extremely tough uh, What do you think Sean? I think he's done me the night But I've done this myself Without calling in And every time I've done it I've pumped everybody On that Oh Sean That's what they all say Don't give us it Anyway Let's go through Let's go through the questions With Sean uh, Who was on the line And Roger Hanna uh, Who opened the scoring For Celtic In their Scottish Cup win On Saturday Was Aaron Moy 1-0 to Roger But that's your Your oh, minus one Okay no, no. So Yeah nil nil. George Alberts did play for Clyde uh, so you both got that one So we're still level This is just a guess How many Portuguese players It's two Jota, Jota and, and Gertavere, Tavares of Hibs Oh <sighs> Duke came there then Who knows uh, Ryan Fortes <laughs> was loaned out To Edinburgh City at the time Now FC Edinburgh So Is that you in front now Roger? Um, yes it Three, is yeah. Jason Cummings plays in Australia You both got it so you stay one in front Malky Mackay started at Queen's Park yeah, Roger shout. goes two in front And the last Scotsman to permanently manage In the English Premier League before Davey Moyes Was Paul Lambert at Stoke oh, right, okay. In the 17-18 season So uh, hard line Sean No bother, thanks very much guys Good man, Cheers, that Sean. was Sean in Milton And Roger Hanna gets another victory on the board Because mm. I didn't think they were easy But you still made them seem quite He does didn't he? Have you ever thought about going on a quiz show? Or like the chaser? But for all those Scottish football questions that I'm appear. pretty sure your knowledge extends a bit mm. beyond Scottish football. The way you answer, Aye. the way you sit there. Scottish rugby. And ah, it's oh, got my no, rugby oh question. No, I'm not very you good not, at that. You oh, not no. good at the rugby. No, Are you any, any good at general knowledge? You're just drinking a rugby club. I just yes. assumed that that was. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. It's a purely alcohol related <laughs> I, 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 decision. I, I, the bar doesn't face the pitch. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I've heard you bang on about this rugby club. I, I assumed there was some sort of sporting <laughs> appreciation there, but now I see right through. Oh, there's a tadpole. All right, okay. We'll ask him the darts questions then. Yeah. 01419511025. I'm excited about this, and I think everyone listening, even if you're a Rangers fan, Celtic fan, St. Mirren, Motherwell, whatever, will be the same because it's not often we cross live to Darville, oh, right? And we're about to do it, but before that, let's bring in Kieran, who's from Airdrie, but is somewhat of a Darville fan. He's heading to the game tonight, Kieran. Have you arrived already? Ah, uh, that's us just arrived at Petodre not long ago. I hope you've not gone to Petodre. You've made a serious error if you've gone to Pitodry. Um What? What? You, why are you there? Are you a Darville fan? Are you going to support a mate, or what's what's the script? I'm um, going to support a mate. We've got a few players that are in the squad tonight, and um, hopefully, going to get a result for the Darville. Well, drop some names. Who Who are you looking out for? So the main one we've got is Craig Truesdale. He scored eight goals in his last six games. He's he's the main talisman I think for Darville. He's also got Ian McShane. Boy knows how to play football, and then Big Alan McKenzie up top. He's a big target man for them. I know Alan. Alan lives in Motherwell, so that that does me. I played I golf know. with oh. Alan in the summer. I know Craig. I was going to say why Craig really should be playing at a higher level. It's almost like he played under a dud manager at Airdrie or something. Well, he was on his way at the game until he came across ah, myself right, sure, at Airdrie, sure. and we put him in touch with <laughs> Darville. Tell him I was asking after him, Kieran. Kieran. Well, everyone's looking at this because Aberdeen are having a bit of a difficult time. They're still Aberdeen. They're still the Premiership. Can you see the shock tonight? I think if Darvel got an early goal, then Aberdeen will be very nervous. I think they've got nothing to fear. And the way Darvel play, they're not going to be just shelling it long at the corners. They're going to be passing the ball, making Aberdeen run. I think they've got a very good chance. Mm, Roger, it, what, I get why people are looking at it, and I it would be would it be the all timer? Would it be an all timer? Yeah. Yeah. But the biggest shock in Scottish Cup history 150 years of the competition right. This would be the biggest night Okay then, so does that tell you that some people are actually, are making too much of the fact that Aberdeen are in this 
tricky spot. Well, listen, as we said at the top of the show, Aberdeen are fifth in the Premiership. Yeah, exactly. You know, they've got a team littered with international players. Um, they've not had a good run of games since the World Cup, but if they lose at Darville tonight, and I know Kieran made a slip, said we've just arrived at Petodre, these boys can't go back to Petodre if they lose at Darville. Yeah. This would be <laughs> a defining moment for the football club. Gordon Deal knows a few hotels in Ayrshire that he could put them up in uh, if, if things don't go to plan. I'll get this them. is probably the biggest game in Darville since Daz took Glen Afton there. <laughs> um, I mean, Mark, it's one of those nights where Aberdeen know fine well that everybody outside of Aberdeen wants Darville to win. It, it, it's it's remarkable because, and this is what they've done in the Scottish Cup by opening it up. You know, bear in mind we're, we're not talking Aberdeen against League One here yeah. or League Two. Or even the Lowland League, unfortunately for Darville, as they know, they, they missed out in those playoffs last season. West of Scotland Premier playing fifth in, in our Scottish Premiership. It doesn't, act, it doesn't really get much wider than no. that on, on paper. So it should be an absolute cracker. It's, it's down there, it's, it's at yeah. Darville Stadium. If you're looking for cup romance, this is where to be. It should be. I mean, everybody, I think, is aware of the journey Darville is on at the minute. Um and what they would need or what they would love is a big upset like this to put them further on the map um, the romance of the cup it's great and everybody looks for the underdog to do well I just can't see it tonight I, I think Aberdeen as tough a time as they're mm. going through they still possess quality Kieran, players have you made it have you been to Darville before for a game is this your first time no, I've been a few times and the pies are fantastic, I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Uh, I take it it feels different. I mean, obviously TV cameras, and you've arrived already. Um, Roger, what's the crowd again? A couple of thousand, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, between two and three thousand. Uh, I mean, you've yeah. got your media colleagues down yes. there. We've. I take it it feels different, Kieran. Has it got that big game feel? Definitely, yeah. The young team are out for Davo. You can hear the drums going. I just hope it's not the Bobby Dazzler that's covering it for Clyde on the night. No, listen, there's no chance. We wouldn't, we wouldn't he should have been done there. Such a big game. He can't even work the equipment. No, it doesn't. He should have. He's well known in the area. To, oh, he's, to have <laughs> he's certainly well known in the area. Yes. <laughs> I think he's allowed. To be no, honest, I don't think he's allowed no. back. No. Upset too many people in that uh-huh. neck of the woods. Yeah, Kieran, and, some, and some men as well. Kieran, the, um, look, the Darville project is obviously an interesting one. You've reined off guys like Ian McShane, who played in the top flight only a couple of seasons ago. They're, they're, they're going for it they're, they're trying to build something What I, just, I mean Can you even sum up What it would mean If it got over the line tonight? I think this would be Definitely the biggest result In the club's history They obviously won the league Last year And we're really unlucky Against Trenent And the playoffs To get into the loan league I think Hopefully this year They win the league again And then move up Into the pyramid system But definitely tonight Is a massive game for them Absolutely Is there a few of you Down there then? Aye, a few of us down here, but I'm driving sadly though, they're having a drink. Oh dear, that'll be an interesting car on the way back up. Kieran, thanks for joining us. If it goes to plan, you need to give us a call back tomorrow. Definitely, I can see him running in penalties and I'll call you tomorrow. Good man, you'll just be back by tomorrow if it goes that distance. See how long some of them took at the weekend, Roger Hanna. Yes, that's why I was personally thanking Jordan Jones for sparing <laughs> me from that, but it's interesting. Aberdeen tonight will have Ross McCrory, an Ayrshire lad. Matty Kennedy, an Ayrshire lad. Roger Hanna, an Ayrshire well, lad. They, they will have drilled in to their teammates exactly what to expect in Darville. And I think it was noticeable the rhetoric from Ross McCrory after that 5 0 at Tynecastle last week. Disgrace, embarrassment. Some of them don't know what it's about, etc., etc. That is a shot across the bows of the dressing room to up their standards and not be caught out in Darville tonight I'm not a gambling man but I'm going to guess I'm going to bet that Gabriel has never been to Darville before is this your first time? 
Well, Gordon, I was actually here last year uh, because no they way. were in the fourth round of the Cup. Again, I was doing a preview with the manager, Mick Kennedy. Oh, fair so enough. I, I take it back then. How excited are you for tonight? Let's delete that last 10 seconds. Very, very excited for tonight. Uh, you, you're talking about the romance of the Cup. How's this for proper old school? The Aberdeen players arrived in at about half six. They had to walk through the fans, the home fans, who'd got here nice and early into their small change rooms, getting booed the whole way, something that many of these players will have never had before. There's no press section here. I've managed to set up at a bench by the pie stall. Just thankful that it is not raining yet. Uh, in terms of tickets, you're talking about it there. We're looking at around 3,000 supporters in here at Recreation Park this evening. Now, 700 of them are Dons fans. Impressive commitment from them coming down from the northeast on a Monday night. But that means there's over 2,000 Darville supporters in here. Now, to put that into context, the population of the town, Darville, is 4,000. So over half of the town are in here tonight. Magnificent effort. Yeah, looking forward to that one uh, hugely, Mark Wilson. Uh, Gabriel, it's one of these, th- right, so, see, sometimes honesty is the best policy mm. because we, I, we, we had a bit of a drama in here whilst Gabriel was talking and I'm sure it was great, but I don't, I don't know if he gave us the teams or not, so you need to admit it to me. No, no teams, good, Gordon. Good. Uh, I'll give you no, the... Listen, I don't, because this is, I could easily just lie, and, but I would never do that to the listeners. We, we had drama. A lot of dramas we, in this We've had a bit of a, a, show. a bit of an issue, right? during Beat the Pundit people might not notice that it went a bit quiet so let's just say we're still picking up the pieces from that and if you would take it away with the teams that would be greatly appreciated well Gordon I said it was old school it is very old school there are no team lines here yet so we're still waiting for the Darville team news confirmation but Aberdeen wise there are three changes from that shocking 5-0 hammering uh, that they had at the hands of Hearts last week uh, Shinny Miofsky and Hayes all dropped to the bench Mislovich is in for his full debut along with Duncan and Captain Anthony Stewart so the team is as follows it will be a 4-3-3 formation a Joe Lewis in goal Ross McCrory at right back with Anthony Stewart and Liam Scales at centre half Hayden Coulson on the left Ilba Ramdowney and Leighton Clarkson in the middle with Mislovich at the new signing just in front of them playing in the number 10 role Matty Kennedy off the left Duncan off the right and Duke will lead the line the substitutes are uh, Samson now that is the goalkeeping coach Samson Shinny Baron, Miofsky, Bazuyan, Watkins, Hayes, Richardson and Roberts. This is the beauty of it, Roger. Your colleagues will be sent there. The press box will be probably half a mile down the road. You're waiting on the team lines. That's what Romance of the Cup is all about. Well, good news for Kieran. Ian McShane does start for Darvo, so it's not and a wasted journey. So did Alan journey. McKenzie, I noticed. Yeah, and both Truesdale. Ah, there they are. He's fine Yeah, Chris and goal. Craig up top, out wide. I'm really looking forward to this though, Roger. Seriously, we say, I mean... All the ingredients It ticks every box For a, for a cup Tie That you're looking for At this stage Well it, it, Listen It does There's that bit of You know Darvo coming through the leagues And they do have Experienced players You touched on it Ian McShane Playing for Ross County Not that long ago Ross Caldwell You know He came through the ranks At Hibs Daryl Meggett He's been playing For a few seasons In you know, the SPFL Jordan oh, Kirkpatrick yeah. as well, you know, is in, in, even in the bench. Is he there as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. even in the bench. You know, Thomas Riley, who played in St Mirren's midfield with Jim Goodwin, is on the bench, you know, following this afternoon. He's trying to knock him out evening. the cup. Yeah, he's trying to knock his old pal out the cup. But all of that said and done, they are a West Premier team. Now, you look at our championship, Dundee are top, sorry, Queen's Park, top of the championship, Dundee second. If Aberdeen were going away to Queen's Park or Dundee tonight, You'd fancy Aberdeen yeah. to go and win, wouldn't you? You'd expect them to go and win. So everyone expects them <laughs> to go and win at Darvel. But there's just that little seed of doubt, isn't there? Yeah, Mark, we started the show by saying, oh, there was no real shocks. You know, everyone was looking at Motherwell going to Arbroath. What, they're only separated by 
whatever that is, 10 places, mm-hmm. something like that, in, in the Scottish football pyramid. You're even looking at like you know teams separated by a single division. Partick Thistle beat them Fermlin. Um, Roger mentioned St Mirren Dundee. You know, th- there were no shocks in the cup at the weekend, really, apart from Hamilton well, Ackies. I spoke to Derek McInnes at Rugby Park. Derek McInnes, the last man to take Aberdeen to a Scottish mm-hmm. Cup final. And he said, you know something, Dumbarton always give me trouble. I'm really, really happy to get past that. Because there's always a shock in this round, you know. Mm-hmm. Just wonder if it could be his old team tonight. It would be absolutely remarkable. Let's hear from Mick Kennedy, the Darville manager. I, I think that's one of the, the, the fortunate things. We've got a lot of players in there who've played, probably three or four who've played in the SPL as well. We in exchange, obviously, won the League Cup with Ross County, so we've got a fair bit of experience. I think also as well, there's probably, if you look at the quality within the group, there's players in that changing room, maybe, maybe 16, 17, 18, 19, when they're still involved in... Yeah. Professional football. If things would have worked out differently, maybe a coach with a bit more belief in them, maybe get got an opportunity, maybe a wee bit more belief in themselves, that they could probably be sitting in Aberdeen changing room. So there's certainly a lot of belief in, in the group and the staff that we can go and make a, a, a good account of ourselves in the level. And I, I, I'm sure that on, on the night, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll put on a really good show. Here we go, the Roger. Let's t- to make the case if we're basing it on the weekend or trying to draw any comparison. Roughly, right? Bear with me. You were at Kilmarnock Dumbarton. Yeah. Would there be a huge gap between Darville and League Two? Um, well, yeah, you need to remember Dumbarton are, are leading league, league, yeah. league Two and they're, and they're going well and they're well organised and they've got a lot of experience. But, you know, we, do, we do keep team, hearing that though at the moment, like, oh, you know, this is why the pyramid's good. There's not a great. I think the pyramid's difference. great. I think the pyramid's absolutely terrific. We had Adam Hopes, co manager of Chapel United, on the show on Friday night on their way to Elgin. And he talks about the importance of getting through the pyramid. They're desperate to get through the pyramid. And they're in a division below Darville. So it's opened up opportunity for clubs the length and breadth of the country. There was, you know, Kieran mentioned Darville lost the playoff last year to Trinent, who had a really good going former Easter Scotland League team. Up the top of who, the Who the could Lone now League come game. right through the Lowland League into League Two at the end of this season. So I think the pyramid has really rejuvenated football right down through the ranks for the likes of Trenent, Drumchapel and tonight Darville. Well that game does kick off before we go off air so we'll keep an eye on the opening stages. If you've got any thoughts that's fine. If you want to revisit Todd Cantwell, Josip Juranovic, games from the weekend. What about you Hearts fans? Any bragging rights to be had? 01419511025. We'll speak to you next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Mark Wilson are here. It's 0141-951-1025. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. That's why not get in touch. We're going to take more of your calls in the not too distant future. I've got a good question for you on the full time teaser. What a shift this is for you. I'm just going to sit back and, and watch him And that's very different from when it's your usual compadre Who's yeah, on? He just shouts at nonsense, doesn't he? Just Even though co- when you say, that'll do for now He, he just shouts another <laughs> name <laughs> Oh, <laughs> worst. I think he's listening ah, Jealous Well, because he's jealous in of fact, Scott Allen He'll be really jealous tonight Because he's formerly a partner of yours on a Tuesday night He then became a partner of yours on, on Thursdays mm. I think this will be like a dagger to his heart well, it's not new to him He's, he's had that point in his life before hasn't he? Betrayal <laughs> Betrayal well, And anyway, other people with 0141951025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Mike he sent your question Can you name the last 10 players Who've scored in European competition for Rangers But have not been capped by their country 
So we're talking like group stage onwards. Don't give me your qualification nonsense. Tavernier. Yeah. Look, see, look at that. Understood the question first time. <laughs> he's, he's uh, can you name off the last ten players who've scored in European competition for Rangers, but have not been capped by their country? And we are talking sort of group stage onwards. Connor Goldson. Connor Goldson. Uh, yes, again, standardly aged, didn't it? I'll take one more guess. John Lindstrom. Yes, a fairly memorable one last season, wasn't it? Okay, John Lundstrom, uh, well done. Right, 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. We are building up to kick off Darvel Aberdeen. We're trying to look back on the cup. Of course, we now know that the ties uh, for the next round. Roger Hannan, the draw took place at Hamden last night. We've got fairly. I don't know how to describe it, but home ties for Celtic and Rangers, right? So there's less jeopardy there. What's St Mirren for Celtic, Partick Thistle uh, for Rangers. Anything else that jumped out at you from the draw? Um, yeah, I discovered a six upside downs a nine. Oh, <laughs> stop it, stop <laughs> it, come on. You know, and we're, we're going to talk Sean Maloney for policing that draw. I've no, yeah. I have no idea. It's to do with me, behave yourself. Although, I think it is it, actually a bit to do with me because I told him the story about the previous draw guest mm-hmm. getting it wrong mm-hmm. just before we went on. And I think I probably planted the seed. That's so I great. did take it back. That's great. He nailed yeah, it. Yeah. And by the way, they have already booked Rod Stewart for the next quarter final. In both rehearsals, not a problem. Not not even a, didn't miss a beat. And then when it went live, yeah, there was a listen, mm. a slight hiccup. He'll never be back. Sure no, he will. No, he no, will. no, no. Um but on a on a serious note, what what did jump out at you any ties it Tickle your fancy um, A couple of old Premier ties You know St Mirren Who lost 4-0 At Celtic Park Last midweek Immediately sent back There in the cup So it'll be a big Big ask For Stephen Robinson's team um, Rangers against Partick Thistle Always is a little bit Of something about it I think Ian McCall Got a draw there In the cup The last time About 15 years ago Or so With Thistle That's a good one And I'd seen Kilmarnock At the weekend Last minute Scraping past Dumbarton now heading for Dundee United for an all Premiership game. Like that'll be, yeah. be a good one as well. Yep, I think United. Um, can they not, not put United out of the League Cup this season? Did they? Uh, well, I wouldn't doubt your knowledge, but I think that's a good one. You know, United didn't start well against University of Stirling, but got the job done. Kelly, pretty similar against Dumbarton, but I think that's a cracker. And I think for Rangers and Celtic, I don't think it's a toughest draw they could have got. I think they'll be happy with that. Mm, yeah, what about the what about a potential Gordon DL Derby? Motherwell against Wraith Rovers. Yeah. If Wraith Ra- Rovers can get past Linlithgow Rose, they only have a half and half scarf. You've got to be asked to do the half time draw or whatever that goes on at the ground oh, at yeah, half time. Get them on the pitch. At, at both a minimum, fans love them. You know, at an absolute minimum. I, I put this on Twitter last night, and genuinely, we did two rehearsals of the cup draw, and then the real thing. Three then in total, if your arithmetic is keeping up. And Motherwell got Wraith or Linlithgow Rose three times. Really? Wait for it. And it came out first and all three times. No way. That's weird, that. It's more than weird. So Alan Burroughs even sent me a message this morning. It's obviously kept him up. He's gone away. And if any mathematicians out there, he reckons the chances of it happening are well into the millions to one. Like one point, some million to one of that happening. So he says, I've got, listen, I can barely keep up with that train of thought. But yeah, they came out the same opponent three times in a row, but also it came out first three times in a row. That's bonkers. Spooky. So that is spooky. The Gordon DL. That's probably what put, put, put poor Sean off. 
ah, it's an easy mistake to make. Great humour as well from everyone who tweeted me. Um, but most of them I can't read out because you can see where... You see where I'm going there with the joke because of the two numbers that he got mixed up? I, I, do you know yeah, what I mean? Family yeah. show? Yeah. Um, okay. What do you um, mean? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm so torn as to like which bit I can say. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is someone, Mo- someone, said, someone said that... No, mm-hmm. I'll never mind, never mind. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm terrified of it. Uh, right, hearts are through, in case you hadn't noticed, through convincingly. And with that in mind, uh, let's bring Liam onto the show. He's a hearts fan uh, and a happy one, I would imagine, Liam. Bragging rights and all that. Just a bit, just a bit. It's been a quiet twenty-four hours. Is it? I mean, to do it, beat them, your rivals in any game at Easter Road with such a convincing scoreline. I mean, just sum up how pleasing it was. Well, look, if we take the gloating and the and the, the slagging them out of the way, Hearts are just in a good place just now. So, even not playing well. You look at the subs we brought in yesterday as well. You're looking at Hibs if you if you want to have the mirror image. You look at Hibs. They're looking at their bench. They're they're hoping for hail marys. They're they're taking gambles. They're taking punts. And Hearts turn to the bench and bring on a guy that played at the World Cup. Humphreys that scored in the last derby. George Grant, Stephen Kingsley as a Scotland international. And you know any shakiness they had in the game, they see out and they 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 will end up winning can convincingly and comfortably for the second time in three weeks uh, so I it's a good time to be a Hearts fan right this very second I mean it would have been five if Halliday had been fit obviously I think that would be the, the assumption Roger but um, yeah it, it's, a, it's a bit of a one-sided rivalry at the moment Hearts are in a very good place as Liam quite rightly puts it and I'm not sure he could say the same for Hibs yeah they're a terrific place and you know they were doing it the, the squad in the first half of the season was torn apart by injuries and they also had to cope for the first time, really, this squad, with the old Thursday-Sunday, Thursday-Sunday thing of qualifying for group stage football in Europe. So there were a lot of hurdles putting Robbie Nielsen's way in the first half of the season. And to his credit, you know, even when they were mid-table and it was horrible weeks for Hearts when they were amazingly below Hibs in the table, if you can remember that far back, Robbie Nielsen was quite calm. He said, once we get the squad back, maybe make an addition or two in January, once everyone's there... We will come through and we'll finish third in the league. And they're going to come through and finish third in the league. I think they, they were four points behind Aberdeen before the World Cup. And now they're nine ahead of Aberdeen after that 5-0 last midweek. And if there is one thing in Edinburgh that is going to jeopardise Lee Johnson's long-term job security, it's not of in Hibs mid-table. It's continually been battered by hearts. 3-0 at Tynecastle mm. in the league was bad enough. But when you're losing 3-0 at home and getting knocked out the cup by them, that's going to ask big question marks at Lee Johnson. How do you rate the Lawrence Shankland achievement, Liam? Making the 20-goal the mark, matching John Robertson's record, plenty of time left in the season to surpass it. How important has he been, the new captain at the moment, of course? Yeah, unbeaten as a captain as well. It's superb. You've got to look at the, you know, what a penalty he scored yesterday as well. You know, he scored 20 penalties <laughs> this season since that's all he scores. Uh, he's been brilliant he's been absolutely superb and people haven't really spoke about it but he's actually been playing deeper he's playing almost like the Harry Kane role he's, he's no, maybe not as deep as a 10 but Josh Janelli's playing up front and Shanklin's playing behind him and he's been pivotal it's not just his goals his goals are brilliant he's seen everything that's good about Shanklin with the goal yesterday you know he tries to put the ball into the box first wins the ball back plays the brilliant one too and the finish is, is sublime but just everything is all round game has been great and he's really 
took to the captaincy as well. You can see how much it, it means to him and he's just uh, he's been phenomenal. I think Robbo's league goal scoring record sits at thirty one goals. Uh, so I'll be pretty certain that he'll have that in his, his sight lines as well to try and break not just the twenty goal record that stood since nineteen ninety one, but obviously that. I set on Robbo's league goal scoring record as well I'd imagine The goal yesterday does sum it up for a lot of people maybe who don't watch that much of Hearts because it happens and in, in misconceptions set in people maybe still think that Lauren Shanklin's this like penalty box striker who poaches now and then and scores a lot of penalties as, as Liam says miles from the truth Well you mentioned there Harry Kane it was, was very much like something that he would score his goal yesterday it was fantastic but it's how he's leading the team from the front now I never ever saw Shankland is captain material Probably like most people Thought he was a penalty box striker And that was about it But you're getting to see A, a, a whole different side of his game This year with Hearts I think the armband has helped him It's helped him develop It's gave him that responsibility And he's thriving I'm with Liam I can see the record being broken When you look at how many games there are to go And the form he's in But it's who he's got round about him Supplying him That's the one thing that's impressed me about Hearts Robbie Nielsen's side aren't just getting over the line and getting wins. They're playing with a bit of style. Um, the goals that they're scoring are fantastic. You, you look at the goals against Aberdeen last week. You look at the goals against Hibs this week. Fantastic goals in the squad. Liam touching it. The squad's so strong at the minute. Is it nine? Uh, the nine unbeaten at the minute? Something along those lines. Great form. You just wonder how far they can take this side. Uh, earlier on, the European... You know, journey hampered his squad, but he's got the majority in him back now. Mm. They're going great. I'm sure it was more sweet than bitter, uh, Liam, but soured a touch by that sending off, which I'm sure you're going to tell me was never a sending off because I don't think many people believe it was. Uh, no, and the, the annoying thing is it's because it's two yellows, so yep. you, you can't you can't think about it. But again, it's just one of those. Silly decisions in, in football, and I think the, the ref takes a deep breath and stops for a second. Like, what annoys me the most is Porteous telling them be sure to get up because they're like, there's eight minutes to go and they're doing to ten, so get up and he bounces up instantly. And it's like, come on, like if you take take a step back, take a breath, and think of how the game is. It's a derby. There's eight minutes to go. They're two 0 down. Like it's not it's not a yellow card, and the first one's a nonsense day, but. That's my bit of harshness, isn't it? Uh, listen, we thrive on that. You're in the right place, Roger. Um, a lot of talk about Effie Ambrose and handballs. But pff, I'm not sure that was a, a great decision at the weekend. You could possibly make a case for both bookings being yeah, wrong. I thought the first one was really, really harsh. Um, you, you can see being on a booking, being so far ahead in the game, is it foolish to go in for the challenge in the first place? But then again, Robbie Nielsen probably give him any bother if he doesn't go in for the challenge. Is, is there even it's any contact? I can't, I don't, no, I can't really see any. I, I'm not so sure there was too much contact. But the key for Hearts, and I'm sure Liam will agree, the key for Hearts has been recruitment. Mark's old boss at Celtic, Mark, uh, Gordon Strachan, used to say recruitment's the most important thing. Footballers, better footballers in your mm. football team. The Hearts recruitment's been brilliant. I mean, I know he's injured just now, but from, from bringing back Craig Gordon, Right through the team The recruitment's been fantastic Kingsley Halkett Whisperit Andy Halliday Barry Mackay Robert Snodgrass And bringing back Shanklin When Shanklin came back He had a dreadful time in Belgium I'm sure there will be clubs Looking at him in Belgium Thinking Oh he's not doing very well over there We're, we're, we're not going to bring him back But Robbie Nielsen knew him 
you know, he knew him from Dundee United days. He'd watched him scoring for air from the halfway line at Tannadice against Dundee United. So he knew what he was getting. But the recruitment's been wonderful at heart. Mark, the sending off for you is that an error? No, it was an error. Um, I think particularly the second one, when you look at that, there wasn't any contact, in my opinion. Um, so it's a sore one, you know, a bitter, bitter end for, for Shankland than what has been a sparkling season, uh, because obviously, does he miss the next round, I take it? Oh, yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, so... They could win there with John Robertson up front. Oh, I know. <laughs> Tell that to well, well, yeah, I was going to say tell that to Malcolm McKay. You so having that, Liam? Is that a suitable draw for you in the next round? The Aki's away. Uh, well, look, you're just you'd prefer the home tie if I'm being honest. I know they're not in great form and they've not been in for a while, but still, that pitch, that stadium, it's uh, it never gives me happy memories going to <laughs> going to New Douglas Park or whatever it's called nowadays. But aye, uh, you've got to be happy with that, don't we? You know. It's an opportunity to get worked through to the quarterfinals. I think we've been to three of the last four Scottish Cup finals, so one of these times we're going to have to win it. The only Hearts memory I've got going there would be, is that not where Michael Stewart gets sent off and then tried to kick something in the tunnel and fell and the the TV camera was picked up? Enjoyed them, I remember that one. Um, I'm going to fade Liam down for this bit, because this is a bit where he would get giddy and overexcited and say something he regrets, but... How bad a place are Hibs in? What, what, what's happening there? I mean, I take it Ryan Porteous does go this week. Does, yeah, but I, I don't think is the manager under pressure. I genuinely don't think they're in a terrible place. Um, Ryan Porteous will leave. Martin Boyle's out for the season injured. Looks as if Rocky Bashiri could be out for the season injured. Um, they desperately need to keep hold of Kevin Nisbet. He has been wonderful since he came back into the team. There are good things about Hibs I like McGuinness and Newell in the middle of the park David Marshall is David Marshall in goal you know he's a good player Chris Catton's a good player you know that but you know one of the things that hurts Hibs is how well Hearts are doing it's you know you know yourself from through here in the Rangers Celtic thing Gordon if there's one team doing particularly well then the Heat's on the team who aren't doing particularly well. And the successes of Hearts, the three cup finals in four years, the group stage of the Conference League this season, the two 3 nils this month in the derbies, that's what hurts Hibs as much as anything. And we're through to see them on Saturday for Super Scoreboard against Aberdeen. That is going to be nervy, to say the least. Okay, thank you to Liam. You can also hear Liam, by the way, on the This Is My Story podcast to keep across all things hearts. We're going to speak to Rab, who's a Rangers fan, next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're about to bring in Rab and Alawa. Very quickly, let me check in on your teaser. Can you name the last 10 players who've scored in Europe for Rangers but haven't been capped by their country? We're talking... Group stages onwards You've got Tavernier Lundstrom And Goldson Any more Take a couple each Kent Yep e- Scott Wright Yes Oh good shout One uh, more Is Balligan No oh, Sorry Does, it, does sorry. it go back As far as Nacho Novo It does Well done Nacho Novo Okay we'll get the rest Before the end Of the show Just about to kick off In Darvel Cannot wait to watch this Darvel uh, Against Aberdeen We'll keep you Across anything that happens in the first 15 minutes or so Let's bring in Rab Who's been hanging on for ages My apologies What's your point tonight Rab? Alright Palmer How's it going? Good good, good. Right, How are you? My point was uh, Obviously Bill said that When he was going to bring players in It was players that were going to go straight into the first team Cantwell hasn't played since November 
and you've got the likes of Lowry, who's getting a part-time uh, turnouts for the first team here there. Whenever he's in the, the B squad, he's, he's bagging them in and playing really well. He's really not getting a chance. I just wonder what your thoughts were with regards to his comments saying I'm going to be a first-team player. And I can't really see uh, Cantwell coming in. Is he going to play this weekend? I'm not sure if he's uh, going to be ready, considering he's not played football since uh, November. And then you go right into away to Hearts uh, three days later. So when are we going to see Cantwell? And does the panel think he's actually ready to be, to be a first-team player? Obviously, he's got, got the attributes and that to be a Rangers player, but I don't think they're going to get to see him, especially on the starting line, too soon. And I think he should be reading the likes of Lowry near time, because I think they're quite similar. They can base string passes and they can base take the ball forward with the ball at their feet. So I just wonder what your thoughts were on that. Well, I think Lowry's a good player, um, but obviously... Bill thinks he needs something extra uh, someone a wee bit older who's played at a higher level to come in and affect the team it's a good question for Rab because I, I said you know Cantwell's not played since the start of November now what's that two two, 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 two months away is there is a difference yeah. from training to get into first team competitive football now how long that would take him to get up to speed I don't know if he'll start this week I don't know if he'll go back, uh, right into the the team I don't think he will wouldn't be that far though would it I mean, I would probably take you maybe couple a couple of weeks to get to know your team but you would ideally like to play some form of competitive game in there now whether that's a closed door game he, he takes part in or whether he's been doing that down the road I don't know but Rabba's right Bill said there'll be first team players coming in here to to really affect the starting lineup. I'm I'm sure Rangers fans would hope it's for people who have been playing Whitaker maybe ticks that box a wee bit mm-hmm. better than Cantwell it'll be interesting to see maybe he's an actually fit boy who just goes right in and will affect the team well I'm sure listen, I'm sure Michael Bill will say he's signing Todd Cantwell for the next three or four years not the next three or four games yeah. um, so I would imagine you'd see him on the bench come the weekend for St Johnson uh, Ibrox might see a bit of action whether he's ready or not to go into someone like Tynecastle next Wednesday night might be Different, but it's Ross County at home after that, so I don't think the Rangers fans will need to wait too long to mm. get a glimpse of Todd Cantwell. And you would take the point, though, wouldn't you know? If Michael Wheel's talking about players to come into the first team, Rab's gone very literal. Well, if he's not fit for this week, then how can he be going straight into the team? But as you say, if if, if you have to wait three weeks or four weeks yeah. in, into a four, yeah. three or four year deal, that's yeah. relatively soon. You know what? Um, I think the, the concern would be then. For Rangers fans, I know it wasn't Beal, but guys like Yilmaz, who came across, bit of money spent, and I think a lot of people thought he would go right into left-back. Yeah. And before you knew it, nothing really changed. Then when you did see him... It's injury now, though, isn't Injury, it? of course, but he wasn't quite the player that people thought he would be. Nah, I didn't see enough, did we? I thought the Rangers fans that phoned in here were excited. He's only played a couple. Mm. They were excited about it, and then he got injured. But again, that, that's a whole different kettle of fish, because the injuries have been... Um, Lining up, do you think so? Rab, are you one of these fans that you're happy with Todd Cantwell, but you're a bit you worried that this blocks the path for someone like Alex Lowry? So, I believe Alex Lowry is obviously showed up in the B squad, and I just feel that he's no get he's needing a start. So, I think this week should actually be Lowry getting a start in the middle to see what he can do, but I'm just unsure about the fitness. Uh, if if he's, if, if he'll start or if uh, the new signing is going to start Cantwell 
But I'll also put another point. With regards to, obviously, Morelos' contract for running down low now, um, with the likes of Rangers are going to need a goal scorer, Ruth is uh, prone to injury. Are we going to see a, a striker coming in? I, and I don't know why we're not in the market for the likes of Miofsky or, you know, somebody like Nisbet or, or Shackler. They're scoring goals. I don't see why we need to... To, to look abroad for our players when there's guys that are banging the goals in, in our own country that we kind of look past. I mean, Shanklin's the I think he's second top goal scorer. Uh, so I, I'm just not sure if, if you look beyond that. Morelos, he needs to sign if he's got to sign. He's the best uh, striker we've got at Rangers, but you run the risk of losing the fans if you, if you don't sign soon and they're running right down. We were lucky that Goldson signed, but well, well, Morelos do this. Do the same. Still a lot, you know. I discussed. I was asked this question on Friday in the show, and I said I always used to think that you know if deals weren't done by now, that meant the players were leaving. And the Conor Goldson scenario that I'm touched upon, so I changed my thoughts on that. I still think there's a chance Kent will stay. I still think there's a chance Morelos will stay. There's a lot of football to be played in the second half of this season. Rangers are still, you know, they're nine points behind. You could say it's unlikely they're going to reclaim the Premiership title. But they might win the League Cup. They might successfully defend the Scottish Cup. And, you know, Kent Morelos might think that there's got a really bright future there for the club and for themselves under Michael Beale. And I think, as I said on Friday, I think there's more chance of Kent and Morelos signing for Michael Beale than there was yeah. of them signing for Giovanni Van Bronckers. It's interesting the point about looking close to home, Mark, because we know what Shankland and Nesbitt can do. Um, and I'm sure I saw reports and t- maybe just Twitter talk about Lazio who were looking at Miofsky of Aberdeen. Really? I think they were then. I think Lazio very quickly disabused um, people of that notion. So whether look, I don't know how where that where that sort of stuff starts, but um, I've been impressed. Can't well worst kept secret of all time. I think mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew that it was coming, which is fine. These things you know happen nowadays. If Whitaker follows again, everybody knows it's on the cards. If Rangers are going to sign a striker, which they might. Am I right in saying it's been a bit quieter on that front, Roger? Remind me, are there any names? No, no, not at the minute. Cholak's fit again. He was on the bench yeah. at the weekend. Get a few seconds at the end of McDermott Park. Morelos is playing better than I was expecting yeah. Morelos to be able to play under Michael Bill. I think Morelos' time is up. I really do at Rangers. I think he's been given every opportunity, and yes, he's playing better at the minute. But you've got to weigh that up against what you're paying him and the style that Bill wants to play. I think. Morelos will go out the door in the summer, not in this window. And I think Beal will look for someone more mobile, someone who can contribute more to the team, someone a wee bit younger. Um, but I don't think he'll bring anybody in in this window. OK, thank you, Rab. That was Rab and Alawa to bring the curtain down on tonight's calls. Six minutes gone in Darville. I've enjoyed the start, Roger, I must say. First yeah. two minutes, Darville went really at it. Yep. Got, got towards the edge of Aberdeen's box a few times without creating much... Uh, Aberdeen have maybe come, nice, in, come into it a bit Nice wee stadium Good crowd Decent pitch And Aberdeen look up for it Mark it's something we didn't touch on In the build up I wonder Oh hold on Alan McKenzie's in behind here But Scales does very well um, I wonder if it's something we did overlook You talk about Motherwell going to our broth And maybe there would be the shock And you look at the pitch When Drum Chapel uh, Won in, in the previous round yeah. It's a bowling green That Darvill yeah. have got Because they yeah. spend a lot of money They've spent a lot of money on it does that just give, uh, give Aberdeen more of a chance? Yeah. For any neutral tuning in, hoping for a cup shock 
they'll be disappointed with the surface <laughs> because it is immaculate. The Darvo obviously take care of their pitch. Um, spent a bit of cash on it. Now, the surroundings are the same, but footballers, when they go into a surface like this, fancy it. And I think you could see early on Aberdeen look comfortable. Although mm. Darvo put them under a wee bit of pressure just now, I think the pitch will suit Aberdeen and that's why they'll get the job done. It's better than Hamden was last week. Yeah. It's Look, the TV might be misleading. Looks better than Celtic Park was at the yes. weekend. That looks better. How did they manage that? Actually, they, yeah. they spent decent money on it recently, but that looks better than pretty much most of the ones we've seen recently. Anyway, let's finish off on the teaser. We're looking for a couple more players who've scored in Europe for Rangers group stages onwards and never been capped by their country: Tavernier, Lundstrom, Kent, Wright, Goldson, and Novo. Those are the ones you've got. Yeah. Um, what what Elander being nope. capped. We're going to have to see Andy Halliday. No. Glenn Middleton. Yes. Oh, good shout that. Um, you mentioned him earlier, Mark. Yep. Daniel Candias. I knew that's where that was going. Two to get. Very difficult. One, I remember one I think you'll get. It was a, cause it was a, it was a significant goal. And at that point, it looked like his Rangers career was going to amount to something. And it didn't really. Early Stephen Gerrard. And Michael Beale, of course. Mm, not Lasana Koulibaly. No. Sort of right era and... Get your thinking, but mm. come on, Roger. Don't let me down That's now. Some good wins. I've done all the crown work. I've teed it up. Daz usually <laughs> comes good at this time. Usually his phone comes he, uh, into his hand at this stage. Loney. Or Ovi Ejaria. No, maybe I've got it wrong. I think she Ojo. She Ojo. Scored against Fiano. And the last one, the, the defeat to Bayer Leverkusen. Remember, before yeah. life changed forever and everything COVID shut down. Night. Who scored? Incredible this Because of course it is I remember it well now But God I, I would have thought Tavernier scored the goal George now. Edmondson No way In a 3-1 <laughs> Superb Right we're back tomorrow With Gordon D'Ellen And Andy Halliday And we'll speak to you then